Welcome back, high school basketball fans, and welcome to the No Shot Clock Podcast, the Chicago High School Basketball Podcast, here with Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Hoops Report. You are listening to episode 42 of the No Shot Clock Podcast, and our first one here, Mike, of the 2016-2017 season. Yeah, season number three of the podcast, and we promised that we would be back over the spring and maybe the summer and... Broken promise. <laughs> yeah, not a lie. We sort of meant to. <laughs> it just didn't happen. But we're back now. We're ready to go. Uh, just quick housekeeping here. Remind you guys, please, if you can, rate and review us on the iTunes store. That helps people find us and all that kind of stuff. You can also list, listen on Stitcher Radio um, along with iTunes, which I think most of you do. I think um, kind of to get this started, we'll tell you guys what we're going to do today. The plan is mainly it's a signing day focus. Signing day is Wednesday. Um, you, this is probably up Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday morning. We're going to go through some of the top storylines, some of the top steals, talk about some of the uncommitted guys. Um, just a real big signing day special. We'll save the preseason stuff on the teams for the next two episodes before the season gets rolling. So let's get started, Joe. Um, signing day, big day for you recruiting guys. Yeah, I mean, it's this class is, I've kind of said it's really good, but not great. And we haven't had a great class in a while. And when, you know, the less of a class, Mike, I think that you have the less drama or the fewer, you know, high profile storylines that we've been accustomed to. We were, I mean, geez, you look back at the history of, of some of the things that have gone on around here and with some of those big names and, and, the national attention, the national, if you think about that national focus on Chicago area recruiting, it's not really there this year. And not to mention the top two prospects in Illinois are not even Chicago area products and Jeremiah Tillman and Jordan Goodwin. So it's a little bit different feel, I think, this year than other years. Uh, I think it's, a again, it's a good quality class. You know, the depth, I think we're going to have Mike about, Right around 28, 29 Division One signings, there will be a, some, you know, a, a few that are uncommitted that will probably maybe commit here in the next week or so, and then the rest will play out their senior year. But you know, I, I think, you know, locally, I think the big one is the number one player in Illinois uh, committed to Illinois back in July, and that's Jeremiah Tillman of East St. Louis, and then the one that got away, uh, Jordan Goodwin from Belleville Altoff, who. You know, has been the most productive player in the state of Illinois. And, boy, Northwestern thought they were right there. They really thought they were right there. Illinois, you know, up until the last week or two, thought they were, you know, in a good situation, a position with him. And and he kind of, you know, shunned them both and is, is staying really close to home and going to St. Louis. I think those two are, you know, those are pretty significant storylines. Illinois getting the, the number one player in the state. Now it's just a matter of getting that signed letter of intent because um, it's, it's never a sure thing, Mike, especially when you're dealing with guys in the top 25. And I, I, I'm just speaking like that because crazy things happen in Illinois, high school basketball recruiting. And then Jordan Goodwin obviously going to St. Louis, who is arguably not the best prospect because Tillman is, but I think most everybody would agree that Jordan Goodwin's the best basketball player in the senior class. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and you're right. I think if – if Tillman and Goodwin and DeMonte Williams and the and Pickett 
were local kids, this class would feel a lot different to me. Um, I guess it's not as bad statewide as I feel like it is around here. Um, and it's because, like you said, what, almost half of the top ten are not local kids. I mean, it's a big, I think it's a big day for Illinois. You know, they went out, and aside from Goodwin, which, you know, that would, that's a weird situation, they really did the job, I think. They got the, the people they had to get. For sure. You know, I haven't seen much of Pickett, so I can't speak to him. But I've seen enough of DeMonte Williams. You know, we've definitely chronicled the ups and downs of DeMonte Williams. But everybody knows that's a guy they had to get. And they got him. And then they got the number one player. And he's a big man. So, it's and definitely... The out of, and the out-of-state kid, too, is, is, is yeah, very... I mean, he's Frazier. a scorer. Yeah. Trent Frazier can score the basketball. And if you've seen Illinois, uh, they, they need a point guard that can do more than what the point guard position has provided them over... Jeez, since Gross got there, and yeah. you know Frazier does that for them. But but you're right. I mean, it's a solid, really good group. That's you know, depending on how things shake out with some other schools around the country, you know, Illinois right now is sitting as a top ten recruiting class by almost everybody. You know, they could get bumped if a you know a couple of schools you know rise up. But here in the last final days, um, it also but, feels to me like they didn't have a huge miss. You know, aside from Goodwin, who you know, I think Goodwin's strange. a huge, I think Goodwin's a huge miss. Yeah, but that, that's a, that's too. funny business. He could be in Champagne in two years. I mean, that St. Louis <laughs> thing could fall apart. I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I just blame them. They a ton invested for that. so much, and I think he was just a player that the program needed—a uh, winner, leader, hard-nosed, tough, four-year player. Probably not going to be NBA guy, but he's just going to be a load at the college level for four years. That's why I, I thought he was, you know, and, and he fits position-wise. If you just if you looked at the Illinois roster, hey, put him and plug him in the three-hole when Malcolm Hill graduates, and boom, now they got nobody to plug in at the three spot. So that that's why I think it was really a, a tough loss, bigger than, than I think it was even made out to be, because I don't think it was a huge miss in terms of perception-wise or as big a hit as I thought maybe that it would have been, because it really wasn't. Um, I, but other than you're right, I mean, other than that, I mean, they got a solid class. Yeah, I'm not, you know, everybody's heard me whine some years, but why aren't they this? Why aren't they that? I mean, the, Justin Smith, you know, that situation, whatever, it's not a big deal. No Jell Eastern, Alonzo Verge, different stuff going on. I don't, I just don't feel like there's anybody they really dropped the ball with this year. You know, they didn't get good win. But other than that, yeah, I think it's a nice year for them. So let's. Go on through here, Joe. Uh, some steals. Who are your uh, two big steals in this recruiting class? Well, I just I, I think Jimmy Sotos, who who a lot of people aren't even familiar with. Actually, my two steals are two kids that really people don't know much about. Jimmy Sotos at Conant, uh, Jamil Alausa at UHI, and the, it just happens to be they're both big time academic kids, and that's what won out at the end. They could have both played at a higher level than where they committed and will sign with. Sotos going to Bucknell and uh, Jamil Alasa going to um, to Yale. And those players to play in the Patriot League and the Ivy League, they're both better than that. They would have been higher-level recruits. In fact, Sotos had 20 offers, uh, varying degrees, even some mid-major plus mid-major legitimate offers and interests. So I think those two uh, stand out to me. And then another steal that I think could prove to be a steal which is another really nice storyline locally, Mike, is Loyola getting Cameron Crutwig and um, Christian Negron. Uh, you know, I, 
I mean, I, I don't know about you, Mike, but I, I've been a huge fan of, of Crutwick. And since early on, he is a true big man, on-the-block big man, with a skill level and soft hands, passing. He's the best passing big man I've seen out of here in I don't know how many years. And what, how he, all the different things you can do with a big like that, the only reason he's not playing at a higher level than the Missouri Valley is his lack of athleticism. And no, he's not athlete. He's not a big time athlete, and he's very limited athletically. But that big body and his skill level, and he has a knack for being around the ball, even with that little athleticism that he has. Rebounding, he still rebounds the basketball. He has a knack of being around the ball. Uh, for Porter Mosier and, and his staff to lock up both Crutwig and Christian Negron, who, by the way, had you know it, it kind of tailed off at the end, but he did have high major offers at one point in his high school career. So I think those two guys staying home, going to Loyola is a pretty big deal for, for Loyola, their fans and their program. Yeah. I think for those of you who hadn't, who haven't seen Crutwig, I mean, he's not some stiff, you know, he's not just a big man. You know, he, he moves well, but he, you know, he doesn't have a ton of leaping ability and he's not some kind of fast twitch athlete. He's not a Jack Cooley, you know, I don't think he's that good, but he's definitely, I think in the Nathan Booth world, would you say? Oh yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, and, and well, and, and I think Crutwig and Booth really elevated himself post high school big time. Um, ask anybody in that league that watched his progression. Yeah, you know, he, he was excellent the second half of that senior year. Yeah, you he know, was. That's after the colleges are gone. Right. But you can oh, see right. it coming. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he was a big, huge body. And mm. Crutwig is a big body, legit six, eight and a half with a big wide frame. And uh, so, I mean, I, I just. You know, we keep talking about our college programs, not doing this, not doing that, not being in the NCAA tournaments and not 20-win seasons where we've been lacking. And, you know, this is these are the kind of kids you got to get. These are the kind of uh, players you need in your program locally to get to that point. So that's a big step for, like I said, for Loyola at this point. Yeah, definitely. It's too bad that some of the other – you know, local mid-majors couldn't have picked up, you know, the kids going to Drake or the kids going to the Wisconsin, you know, yeah, you can't let you, like, you can't let yeah. you can't let some of these guys get away. I mean, we say it's getting to be repetitive, but Elijah Joyner is an example. Um, <laughs> for Elijah Joyner to end up at Tulsa, a school that recruited him late in the game, you know, the Illinois states of the world, the UICs of the world, they they were all on him, and I know. Joiner played it out longer, and I kind of felt bad for Elijah Joiner in this process. If anybody was paying attention, it was like every time it's kind of locked into a school, and it happens. If you don't pull that trigger, somebody would take somebody, and you know he had a few high majors that were on him. Uh, Missouri was on him; they took a player. Um, you know, Iowa State was on him; they took a player. So, but for 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 Joiner to end up at a Tulsa, uh, that that's a tough loss for for a Midwest program around here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, yeah, I don't really, <laughs> we were trying to come up with steals before this to prepare. I don't have anybody I would really term yeah, a, a steal left. I do like some of the uncommitted guys. So let, we can kind of maybe go into that a little bit. Um, I, I really, really I think Jacob Keller, he was so much better last season than I think a lot of people realize. 
I mean, he's an athletic, and he's skilled, you know, strong difference maker. He's so assertive on the court, too. I, I, I'm really excited to see what he does this senior year. I think he's a guy, you know, he's, he's a quarterback in the, for the football team, too. And he hasn't chosen yet um, which way he's going or if he's going to try and play both sports. But I think he's definitely somebody um, that's going to have a lot of activity around him throughout the season. Um, I know a guy you... Yeah, he, yeah, he was underappreciated this summer, Mike. I mean, I... I He's big, strong, athletic, a force in the open court, get into the basket. And, uh, you know, the, the the knock if college coaches, you know, what position is he? Is he a two guard who doesn't shoot it real well? And that's probably his weakness, but it's gotten better. Is he a ideal true point guard? Well, he didn't play point guard with Mike Smith at Fenwick. He played some point guard for his AAU team. And he is going to be a point guard at the next level. And he was down, you know, he visited Siena, he visited Vermont. Those two schools were hot and heavy, deep with him, and he didn't want to pull the trigger. He's going to play his senior year out. I think he'll be fine, and uh, he'll he'll garner a lot more interest. Yeah, and the other, two other ones who are very, very interesting guys who could have huge years and be names we talk about all the time, Carlos Hines at North Lawndale, who was hurt a lot last year. And North Lawndale never plays a schedule where they're in front of a lot of people. So even when he was healthy, a lot of people didn't see it. But he's a guy who has who kind of has that next level athleticism, at least when he's at a hundred percent. Yeah, he's a sleeper, man. He if you had to pick out these random players, two, three players, and there's gonna be a bunch of guys that that blossom this year, and we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. But he's just a player, I think, who is Really a sleeper in terms of what kind of year he could put together because he's got size at 6'3", some length. He's a, he's a sneaky athlete. He can shoot the basketball. He's a pretty good feel. I think he's going to put up numbers. I think he's going to have a terrific senior year. And I think despite you know him right now where he's at recruiting-wise, is going to have multiple Division One offers and, and ready to go next spring when he, when, if he doesn't. I don't think it's going to happen here in the fall, but he plays out his senior year. He's going to be just fine. Uh, plus, he's a solid student academically, so he's in good shape that way. Nice. Um, and that lead kind of leads me into this question. Um, I think everybody who listens knows I'm real high on Hillcrest's Marcus Garrett. I think he's going to be a big force this season on a really good team. What I haven't heard, I've heard very little about his recruiting. What's what's up with him? I feel bad for Marcus Garrett for this reason. Oh, One, yeah. he, <laughs> he 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 was a stud this high school basketball season. Anybody who watched him, high-level, productive player. And he just had a bad fit AAU-wise. And it, it, it has gone – we could do a whole recruiting show on this. But I would say 60-40, 50-50 high school AAU evaluations years ago to right now, it has really gone – I think it's 80-20 – as far as college coaches looking at, at high school players, and they are seeing less and less of the high school season and basing so much on those two live weekends in, in April and those three in July, Marcus Garrett didn't have a good AAU spring or summer, and that, that's where it fell, it fell off. So uh, he's going to have to reestablish himself a little bit. His recruiting is a little bit slow, but I think he, again, stuck a little bit in between. He's a position guy with, is he a point? Is he a two? Is he what? Undersized two? You know what is he? But uh, he plays hard. He defends. He's strong. He can score the ball. Get in the rim. 
He's gonna pay, he's gonna put up big numbers this year at Hillcrest. That's yeah. for sure. He's definitely a two. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just, point guard. They're trying to figure it yeah. out as far as you know because he is a little bit smaller of a two. Um, you know, the higher level you project yeah. him. One and, of the things I then, thought you were gonna say was he also shares a name with one of the best players in the country. Country, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he, he. But regardless, he's been a forgotten man. I yeah. mean, he's. he's and, and and the in the biggest unsigned player in remaining, uh, the highest ranked unsigned player is No Gel Eastern at Evanston. Now he he has taken, I believe, four official visits. He's gone to let's see, Michigan State, Purdue, Seton Hall, Ohio State, and just this past weekend he was up at DePaul. So. The Blue Demons trying to stay in there, trying to try, trying to get in there. Uh, I the last I was told, it's been back and forth a lot of different things. The last I was told is that he will make a decision this fall. Uh, we'll wait and see if that happens. And each time I've heard one school, this school's in the lead, or this school's in good shape, then that kind of changes. So that's you know that's been a little bit of a mystery as far as where his recruitment is at. Uh, but the local school DePaul is hanging in there. Um, kind of another question I had for you. When I look at the list of seniors, the guy that really sticks out for me, um, not an area kid, so I don't know how much you've been staying in touch with his recruitment, but Pure Emanuel's best player is, in my opinion, after Pontiac and State, in no way DeMonte Williams. It's definitely Ramon Douglas Watkins, and he's, what, a 6'5", 6'6", kid? Does a lot of things. I mean, what what's the story with him? I, I know he's uncommitted. Yeah, he, well, he got hurt, um, you know, blew his knee out, and would, then went off, fell off the map as far as where he was playing, who he was playing with, was he was going to be this AAU team, that AAU team. No one saw him play. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, a weird deal as far as where he's at as far as as a player right now and going forward because – no one's really seen a whole lot of them as, as far as college coaches uh, this spring and summer. So uh, that that's actually a good question and a, a good follow-up for me. But, you know, I, there's some good, you know, uncommitted players out there. It, it's just I thought there was going to be a little, a fewer more, few, uh, a little bit more Division One players. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, there's always guys that, that, that burst on the scene from – Little Leroy star Matt Chastain who <laughs> went crazy this past oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, those things happen. You know, what's interesting, Mike, to me is I think there's only a handful. Let me see. One, two, three. There are only four players right now who are committed to high major programs. Tillman, and three of them are going to Illinois. Tillman, Williams, and Pickett to Illinois. Nana Atkinson to, from Bolingbrook who is going to Nebraska. As far as high major conference leagues, those are the, well, one more, Indiana, Justin Smith. Yeah. So, you know, to add to that, who's going to be added? No, Jelly Eastern, probably the only one. Um, we'll see what happens with the Verge situation. Alonzo Verge, who's now at Thornton. But that's not, a, you know, you go back in the, in the lists, whether you thought they were high majors or not, you know, there's a lot of guys that have gone high major. Like, why is he going to a high major school? But nonetheless, we've had plenty of years with 9, 10, 12, 14 players that have gone to high major 
um, conference schools. Well, what we had two years ago, Simeon had four guys from their team. Now we have one player in our entire coverage area. Right, right. I mean, that's insanity. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely been quiet. Uh, no, it'll be a, you know a fun year to watch as far as that. And I think in the next couple of weeks we'll get into more, you know, more of those teams and rankings and and some storylines for teams and conferences and leagues and, and in high school basketball overall. You definitely. Um, let's uh. As long as we got a little bit of time, let's do a quick player of the year, uh, Mr. Basketball Rundown. Um, looking ahead, Joe posted a story on the website you guys can check out with odds about... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, don't you think Goodwin's the favorite? Oh, for Mr. I Basketball, mean, I think it... I mean, he, oh, there's, he's 100% the favorite. I think... I don't know what he'd have to do to not win it, in my mind. I mean, he's been that good for the last two years. However, I do think on your odds, you have severely underestimated the DeMonte Williams love severely. As far as statewide media attention. He's he's 12 to one. Come on. No way. I I just, I bet that immediately. (laughs) Well, I just don't know. Well, I mean, you're saying the numbers won't matter. He'll, he'll probably be at state again. Like he was last year. If if he puts up monster numbers. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you could you 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 might you might be right. I'm not no. I'm not saying he's gonna win it. I just say I'm looking more like six to one or yeah. whatever for his uh, odds. Twelve he, to one, I thought was a stretch. He yeah. just gotta he just lays so many lemons, man. Oh, you don't have to convince me. I just <laughs> anyone listening to the podcast knows what I think about that. And but, yeah. you know, each time I think he's over the hump as far as the assertiveness and consistency of high level production, you know. And, and I like Demonte. I, I think he's extremely, extremely talented, and he has all the physical dimensions you want. It's just that that little bit of lackadaisicalness that that can get, can drive you crazy, and, and passiveness for a guy who's got all of that physical ability and the the, the green light to go ahead and <laughs> go yeah. get your. T- Get, go get your 24 points. Get your 20. You know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's the one kid that, yeah, as far as if you're a betting man, those odds, you're probably right. Um, you know, I, I just, Jordan Goodwin is the opposite of that. He he just go gets what he wants. And, you know, they're not going to be as strong and dominating of a team. I don't know how that'll play out, you know, uh, with Jordan Goodwin and Belleville Altoff. They're 4A now. Uh, we'll see what happens with that, but and you, you know, know that's a good point because they are four A now. They would have to get through possibly Simeon or whoever else winds up coming to the ISU Super. But also, Belleville Altoff, as far as I know, I haven't seen their full schedule, but I know like the big shootouts aren't here. They're not coming up here to play. They never do. I yeah. tried to get them up here. Everybody's tried to get them up here. And to Jeremiah Tillman and East St. Louis are going to have a big showcase game at the Chicago Elite Classic, and he's an Illinois recruit. You know, the, the highest-rated guy in the class. You could see where if he puts on a show in December at that yeah, event. Yeah, that could resonate. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, I never like to give the one showcase game, especially early in the season. But, you know, if he goes for 31 and 18 against the defending um, state champions, Curie, I mean, that's that's a, that's a headline performance, no question. And that'll start getting people following him, you know, not just the Illinois fans throughout the year. You know, that'll just kind of open – 
Northern Illinois' eyes, I think, non-Illinois fan to Tillman, if he could start out with a big game like that. Um, other guys Joe's got on the list here, Io Desumu from Morgan Park. He's a junior at 8-1. to one. He is the top guy on this list locally, so I guess... I just think he's talking about green lights. <laughs> I think he the ball's going to be in his hands, and they are going to let him go. And I... I I love him. I I think he is a, a dynamite kid basketball player who was born to play basketball. Who's going to put up twenty five a night, um, and they're not going to shy away from from letting him get his 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 buckets. So he, he doesn't know, that, have the size of this. But my comparison lately for him, and maybe even when, they, especially when they were younger, I thought this. You know, he's about what three or four inches shorter. But to me, it, I don't think it's crazy to say he reminds me a lot of Sean Livingston in high school. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he's got some of that pizzazz and that that uh, uh, he, same type of natural basketball instincts, and that's what Io has. I mean, Io is just a ball player, and that's what Livingston was. Uh, Sean was one of the best passers I've ever seen. Yeah, and and quite a bit. And, and Io yeah. is, I mean, he's six four now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've seen him lately, he's probably a legit six four. I know Sean was six, Livingston was six seven, but yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. I mean, they're both just really smooth players. I was out at Juliet West yesterday. You know, you know, I wasn't gonna let this podcast go by without <laughs> Juliet West mentioned. But um, Tevion Kirk is has grown um, quite six a three? bit. You know, six six two, six three. No, he's taller than me. Um, I'm six three. So I mean, he's a solid six four. Which, really? Yeah. I mean, and like legit, not like basket. Like I'm taller than Derrick Rose in person. If Kirk is six yeah. four, I'm throwing him into the sleeper category <laughs> at Drake. Yeah, he's taller than I am, and he he wasn't before. So uh, that, that's my best test is always head to head. And yeah, he, he's looking and the muscles. I don't know if you saw the picture today in the Sun Times, but geez, he's yeah, putting he, on some some size. He's a player too, though. I mean, he, he's he's much improved from from when he was playing in high school. Even I mean, I, he's one of the more improved players in the in the class. Uh, next on Joe's list, Alonzo Verge, ten to one odds. Which um, I haven't talked to I think Coach Ty Streets in a little while now, but. Last we heard, everything was go with Alonzo playing at Thornton, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to those were some hard odds to develop too. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. I mean, what? Where do you go with that? I mean, that <laughs> kid could end up averaging thirty three a game. Yeah, he could you run know, away with it with, with the Sun Times Player of the Year. I mean, not Mister Basketball. Yeah, but. yeah, it's it's going to be that's going to be an interesting side story just to see him playing this out in the South Suburbs. Yeah, that's going to be a ton of fun. The shot of life this season needs if he um, kind of delivers how we think he could. Up next, uh, a guy who, you know, also will be in the Mr. Basketball conversation for sure, and he's a local guy, so he's definitely a top contender for player of the year. Nogel Eastern from Evanston. Joe's got him at 12-1. and one. I think I'll start out with Nogel. We've argued about him a lot on the podcast, really, are discussed. No, Jelly Eastern and Evanston a lot on the podcast. You know, I'm entering this season with really high hopes for him, actually. I kind of feel like he's the type of kid who might be able to put together a real monster senior year and really kind of live up to the the hype, what we thought the last few years. I don't know what, what your take would be on that, but I'm kind of, I'm up. I'm a buy on No, Jelly Eastern headed into the season. I am because I think he's just such a mature player now as a senior. I don't think he's ever going to be – the thing that's going to prevent him from being a 
your typical player of the year, Mr. Basketball candidate, is his scoring numbers I don't think are going to be crazy high. He's unselfish. He gets others involved. But with all that being said, he is a stat sheet stuffer. And I can see, like you just said, having a monstrous senior year, being a 20-point-per-game guy with eight, nine rebounds, four or five assists. I mean, that those are the types of numbers that, you know, and, and they are going to be showcased in a lot of high-profile events, a yeah. lot of big-time games, probably more than almost, I mean, well, they, they're, they're not around for Christmas, so. But, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of big events, and, and you know, I mean, I, I just think they have a lot of balance that, that, that they'll have on that team uh, scoring-wise, and uh, not that he's going to be just a distributor, but he's not going to just be that, but that's where I think just – Kind of the odds are a little bit longer uh, against him. Uh, Demonte Williams was next, twelve to one. We talked about him, so let's move on to the other Illinois recruit, Javon Pickett from Belleville East. Joe's got him at fifteen to one for the Mister Basketball. He's not from the Chicago area, so not eligible for Player of the Year. He's a guy where you know I've only seen play once, and I've read and heard a lot of opposing viewpoints on him. You're right. You're uh, there are people that are really question have some questions there's other people that swear by him i'm kind of in between in the middle (laughs) uh but you can't deny the fact that he puts up numbers and you can say whatever you want who he plays where he plays i don't care i mean he put up 24 25 a game as a as a junior yeah and you know so Yeah. yeah i mean he's gonna he's gonna go get his points and you know their their team is not going to be in the upper echelon of the best teams in the state, which obviously helps you if if you're playing for one of those teams. And and no one's going to see him play outside of you know St. Louis area. Uh, next up, a local guy, so he's going to have a chance at sometimes Player of the Year and Mister Basketball. Justin Smith from Stevenson. He's going to Indiana, signing on Wednesday. I'll be out there for that one since he's our only high major local. Joe has his odds at fifteen to one. He's, you know, he's a lot like, and we've said this before, it's a lot like Eastern where some days you show up and I've seen Justin Smith just blow the hinges off the gym doors and just look electric and amazing. Then I've seen days where it just wasn't happening. And so it's easy to see where if he puts it all together this senior year, he has a huge year. He's going to have an opportunity to just stuff the stat sheet with everything. You know, there aren't a lot of, a ton of other options on his team. Um, I don't know how great they're going to be. You know, he's got some other good players, but Justin Smith's definitely going to be a guy we talk an awful lot about this year. Yeah, and he's blessed with that combination of size at six seven and pure, pure explosive athleticism. And I think, you know, this is, I don't, I guess you have to go back in the history books and look at all your player of the years and all the Mister Basketball winners. I'm guessing I, the guards always typically have an advantage. The ball is in their hands. They, I just wonder, Justin Smith, you know, he's a kid who can crash the offensive glass, do things like that, where get a lot of second chance scoring opportunities in addition to what he already does. And he's become a much better perimeter shooter. If you, if you watched him over the course of the, of his progression as a junior and a lot of those moments you were talking about where you're left kind of, mm, okay, were in the first half of the season, that second half of the season he really did put things together and, and played it at a more consistent clip. And I, I watching him this spring and summer on the Mac Urban Fire, 
you know, you, you, you saw some of that dominant performance at times. And if that translates for the high school season, you might be able to beat up some people up there in the north suburbs. Yeah, you, uh, you're probably totally right, because the last time I saw them, I believe might have been Martin Luther King at the Wheaton Warrenville South, and then they went on a roll. The team and that's did. about, I would say that is about yeah. the time, you know, um, I think he had one big time performance at that event. He, actually. he did. Yeah. He was, he was great when I was there and the team took off after that. So he must've. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, that, that bodes way. well for him and Stevenson. There aren't as strong a surrounding parts, but you know, coach Ambers does a great job. They're, they're going to be, you know, I mean, the, the, I think there'll be a team that's probably in and out of the top 25. Next, uh, uh, the last guy actually in the story, and I guess this is the only other one where I would, um, eh, maybe I wouldn't. Okay, it's uh, Elijah Joyner from Curie. Uh, Joe has his odds at twenty-five to one, which is probably dead on right. And when I think about it for Mister Basketball, going to be a much better chance at uh, the Sometimes Player of the Year since about half the guys on the list above him are gone. And I mean, it's not crazy to think he might be standing there with two state titles. Um, yeah, I mean, if you March. were doing player of the year, I mean, you're probably eight, ten to one. I yeah. mean, I, 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 I'm a big Elijah Joyner fan. In all my recruiting stuff, the, the college coaches, I, I, I took more calls on Elijah Joyner this summer and fall uh, than almost anybody, simply because college coaches do. I kind of had a, an infatuation with them as far as what I think he can do and what he projects at the next level. And now, will that translate into enormous big-time numbers? We'll see. I think he's going to put up numbers. I do. I just, you know, Devin Gage was a, you know, a ball dominator. And Elijah Joyner played second, third fiddle on that team last year. But he has, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him from a, you know, from a lead guard, point guard perspective. That is the one area Curie is going to try to figure out between now and, you know, the season gets going, and I think Joyner may have to uh, be the answer it's, uh, at least some of the time. And how that affects his numbers, we'll see. But yeah, there's going to be a big, there's going to be a big push by Elijah Joyner uh, in the city and the Chicago area as, as being that guy. Yeah, he's a no-brainer. I mean, for me, he is the one guy we were talking about earlier that maybe could. We we're talking about if guys could have been high major. To me, he's a guy who could have been. He, I will not be surprised at all if in March people are like, you know, Tulsa, really? I mean, he, his motor is on all 32 minutes of the game. Yes, that's you know? what I love about him. Yeah. And he has a jump shot that projects. Yes. Uh, it's smooth. He has got range. He can get it off. He's got size. He I mean, he's not like yeah. tall, but you know, he's got some some strength. No, you're right. You're, you're What you just said, I don't know if that's what you meant. I think is what – let's say Tulsa in three years – is playing in March in the NCAA tournament. And everybody's watching. This guy's averaging 14, 16 points a game. Like, where this, this guy's from Chicago. How do you get out of Chicago? Um, and, and end up in Tulsa, you know? And that's, he. you're exactly right. I mean, I've got him, you know, I've had him in the top 10 players for a long time. And he's right there on the cusp of, of, of being a high major. He had high major offers. And they just didn't, like I said in the beginning, didn't work out for him. But he, he was under he was under-recruited. And it's going to be interesting as we wrap this thing up. This is the last guy on the list, so we'll kind of tease next week. Um, as we sit here right now, um, Tuesday night, election night, I am not 100% sure who the preseason number one team is going to be. 
90% sure it's going to be Curie, but I've been... Let's well, see. my vote goes to Curie <laughs> yeah. simply because they are the defending champs and they have so much back, but they did lose a lot and, and a couple of underrated guys. I mean, people forget how, and I guess we're getting into it a little bit too much here, but... Um, no, sorry, his name escaped me. Um, Landers Nolly. I know it always does my me too. Uh, he was going to be like amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he he was big for them in some big moments. Oh, huge! Yeah, with big shots, perimeter str- spreading the floor. I mean, that's a big loss. Remember, I was talking about Devin Gage, but you know, if Nolly was coming back, it's a no-brainer. Definitely. If, you yeah. know, he's. I think they might have been better. They would have been better this year than last year. I think. Yeah, with, I, I agree. With the other guys getting a little bit older. And that's what I was going to say about Joyner and what kind of why I brought this up. I am so not worried about him having to step up where, in a lot of ways, the gauge was in the way for him. Yeah, you had to take a back seat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he He's going to, I think he's just going to run with it and take advantage of the opportunity. And as far as the in-state's missing out, I I can pretty much, you know, I see Curie a lot. I'm around that stuff a lot. I'm almost positive that Illinois State was the first school that was really in love with him. Oh, and, they were on him yeah, hard. It was Mike. over him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, early on and and was in there deep till, you know, for a good over a year. So it's, and he's, he's. He's a program. I think he's a difference maker in the Missouri Valley. If he were to end up, if he would have ended up there. Well, that's uh, so. I'm gonna. I have to. Th- I'm gonna. We're gonna end this podcast, and I'll think a little bit more before I end up making a, the phone call <laughs> to one of the coaches. Got to set up the preseason photo shoot. It's always a big deal because the kids have to wear their uniforms, not just practice clothes. So it requires a lot of planning on both mine and the coach's part. For those exciting photos but we will be back next week and we will start breaking down the top 25 after i finalize it we'll probably do what half maybe we'll try to get through two-thirds next week and then let's not make any promises the top <laughs> we'll try to get through like two-thirds and then the top half and then do our all-state teams and maybe make i'll make some more crazy picks and uh player of the year stuff but we'll see but everybody thanks for listening it's good to be back i'm Really happy to focus on something other than high school football. And uh, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.